Howdy, everybody. The following is a recorded discussion with Chaplain Raymond, our Attorney General for the Republic State of Texas. Today is day two of a series that we've gone over called The Authority of Law. It's based on a book by the same name by Charles A. Wiseman. Today we went over chapter one, pages four, five, and six uh, that included legislative authority. Hope you enjoy. We're on our second session of the authority to law, authority of law, and we're reached the section where we're going to speak about legislative authority. Yesterday we spoke that in order to find, have an authority, you must understand the source and your relationship to the source to know whether a given law pertains to you if it can be used to compel you to do something. Okay, today we have the situation of legislative bodies such as the state legislature or Congress existing as a source for making laws. The question we face is what is the authority for these legislative bodies to make laws we are subject to? This can only be answered by determining the relationship we have with the legislative body in question. Oh. Must be the governor. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I rejected a call, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, first time. I don't hope they aren't too offended. Maybe somebody trying to get on. I have the number. Excuse me for the interruption. The fundamental concept of American government is that all political power which exists resides in the people. Are there any of you that do not understand that? That makes us different in all, all the world. The Constitution of Virginia in 1776, Section 2 states that all power is vested in and consequently derived from the people, that magistrates are their trustees and servants and at all times amenable to them. The Constitution of Massachusetts, 1780. All power residing originally in the people and being derived from them, the several magistrates and officers of government vested with authority, whether legislative, executive, or judicial, are their substitutes and agents and are at all times accountable to them. Now, um, I'm trying to find the... That are all times accountable to them. I've got to get off of this page. That is four. Now, um, page five. These declarations reveal the concept of delegation of powers. The people had political power or authority and delegated some of it to the legislature by declaring in their written constitution 
the legislative authority shall be vested in a general assembly which shall consist of a senate and a house of representatives. I must call your attention to the fact that this not only vests the power, but names the units. The General Assembly is made up of two bodies, one a Senate called the Senate, and the other called the House of Representatives. This entity thus became a source of legislative authority. The people, in effect, said that this body of men can enact laws for special purposes. That is, the promotion of health, safety, morals, and good order of the people or society. Now, the U.S. Constitution enumerates specific topics that can be legislated upon. That is... Um, regulate foreign and interstate commerce, enact certain taxes, establish standards, etc. Thus, the legislative bodies derived certain powers from the people. The above declarations also reveal the nature of the legal relationship that exists between the people and those in government. Government employees are the substitutes or agents or servants of the people. Thus, it is a contractual relationship which exists between the people and the legislature. The people have, in effect, hired or commissioned certain individuals to occupy and to perform certain duties and functions within the offices and departments named in the Constitution. In performing these duties and functions, they are to conform to fundamental law, rights and common law concepts, such as due process, and the prescribed in the written Constitution. We are thus bound to the valid laws of the legislative bodies named in a Constitution or city charter. We are not bound to the legislature by its terms, but by our terms. As Justice Wilson of the U.S. Supreme Court said, and I point out that this is the same Wilson that we have that spoke on the Pennsylvania ratification, the only reason I believe why a freeman is bound by human laws is that he binds himself. Now, that's quite a statement. Thus, the legislative bodies are given certain powers to enact certain laws within the confines of certain limitations which the people have agreed to be bound by. Whether we regard this as good or bad, wise or unwise, or that too much or too broad of powers were granted, is rather academic at this point. The fact remains that this is the way things are. The state legislature or Congress can make laws that we the people are subject to as there is a legal relationship between the people and that legislature or Congress. Yet the evidence is clear today that our 
Yet the evidence is clear today that her country has been invaded by a hostile alien people who promote a law and religion that is contrary to the, excuse me, I'm monkeying with my phone, that is contrary to the fundamental law and foundations originally established in this land. They can be so-called socialists, communists, globalists, antichrists, and subversives. But their objectives are to enrich themselves by controlling your life, liberty, and property. Their agenda and objectives cannot be implemented within the established frame of constitutional government. Thus, they have laws enacted which are oppressive, contrary to individual rights, and which build up a socialistic type of government. These subversive anti-Christian people knew they could not gain control of the country by force or revolution as they did in Russia and France. They had to find a legal means to recreate or reestablish government. But done in such an indirect, but done in such an indirect and clandestine manner so that no one would detect the change. The result of their actions is that is a government that is defined to be corrupt, arbitrary, and oppressive, but without being unconstitutional. A necessary step in achieving this objective was their restructuring of the entire economic system of the country by the Federal Reserve Banking System, a system which they essentially own. The established legislative bodies pose several options obstacles and limitations on the plans. <laughs> plans of these subversives and thus could not be directly used by them as a lawmaking source. Now this is because these legislative bodies were agents of the people and answerable to them, subject to the limitations set forth in the Constitution. Third, unable to violate the fundamental rights from which the Constitution was formed to protect. Four, forced to conform to due process as it existed under the Anglo system common law. And five, only able to enact laws in the manner and process prescribed by the Constitution. Now allow me to repeat this. The reason they could not directly use them as a lawmaking force is that the individuals in the legislative bodies were bound by a prior con commitment, a prior covenant to the people. And let me list these five again. In this prior covenant they would find that one, the agents of the people and they were agents of the people and answerable to the people. Two, they were subject to the limitations set forth in the Constitution itself. Three, they were unable to violate the fundamental rights which the Constitution was formed to protect. Four, they were forced to conform to due process as it existed under the Anglo-Saxon common law. And five, 
they were only able to enact laws in the manner and process prescribed by the constitutions. Now, these legislative limitations pose some severe problems for the corrupt power elite who wish to control the life, liberty, and property of the people in this country. In order to have the oppressive, totalitarian type of laws enforced upon the people of America, they needed to get laws passed by another source other than that of the state legislature or Congress, but at the same time make it appear as though the laws were actually laws of the state legislature and Congress. Since they could not directly use the current legislative bodies to do things their way, or at least on this side of the ocean, they used them as an indirect means to create not only a new source of laws, but to create new executive and judicial functions as well. Now remember our definition for the word attorney. They turn the words. So they're going to leave in place executive and judicial judicial functions, but they're going to use an indirect means to get them created so they could create the kind of laws they wished. This was done by getting the current legislative bodies to, greet, to create artificial legal entities. Now this is not a short list. They created boards, commissions, bureaus, agencies, and trusts which exists by statute instead of by the Constitution or common law. The intent was to have these legal entities assume the role of governmental functions or financial ones as was done with the Federal Reserve Board in 1913 or educational functions as was done with the NEA. These subversive forces in our midst thus got the legislatures to create a new judicial system. We've, we thus have courts that have been established or reorganized by legislative statute. They create new courts and endow them with their judicial powers. Sometimes these courts will be called by the same names. Excuse me while I scroll my screen. As used in constitutions to mis same names as used in constitutions to mislead people into thinking they are constitutional courts which the people endowed with power. The court exists by statute or grant of the legislature just as a corporation exists by statute. The legislatures have also created an executive body to enforce the corrupt and abuse. We thus have police, highway patrol, federal marshals, ATF agents, etc., which exist by a commission or agency and whose powers come from statutes, not the Constitution or common law. To make matters worse, somehow the subversive elements in our land have established a new source of law other than the state legislature and Congress. The cause or, re or reason for how this all came about 
is actually a theological issue and not a legal issue. God certainly does allow or cause oppression to come upon a people for the purpose of testing them or as just punishment. In doing so, it becomes necessary that the people turn to God and rely on Him for deliverance from such oppression. The complexity and intricacies of the legal, political, and economic problems we face today could not have been the sole work of human design and effort. The subverters could not possibly be behind every unlawful act and control all the things that have made up the current corrupt legal system. Such a feat could only come about by the providence of God. A legal explanation can help to clarify the nature of things and what has or has not happened to make things unlawful. But the cause is a spiritual question which is not within the scope of this material. This material shows the debauched, the illegal nature of the laws used in criminal proceedings today. This was legally done by creating commissions to revise, codify, and rewrite the laws of the legislature and pass them off as being laws of the state or Congress. We thus need to look into these codes and revisions of statutes to see their true nature in light of fundamental law in the Constitution. Now that, in, that concludes the formal portion of the lesson for today. Um, it's probably the first time any of you have ever heard this put in this context. But it is, uh, remember we're talking about they're doing legal things by the way they have structured it. So we can't accuse them right off the bat of being criminal or corrupt. They all must be granted innocence until proven guilty. And we must practice in the first notice and grace. So in our little venture into government with the de jure state, we do not intend to take a active set in trying to punish anyone. Because 99% of the people that are doing this don't even know they are. So we really shouldn't be jumping all over them too viciously and we should be granting them a chance of forgiveness. The um, Are there any questions about this particular set of the material? Um, I have a couple of questions. This is John. I'll grant people one question at a time. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. Uh, it says uh, that the cause is a spiritual question which is not within the scope of this material. Is there a reference material related to that that we can access? I don't know. I didn't look ahead, so I'll have to check and find out. We'll talk to Mr. Wiseman and see what he suggests. Okay. Any nobody other questions? Else, if nobody else has one or when they finish, I do have a second one. Well, let's see if they do.
10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All right, go ahead, John. All right. You said that, and I don't disagree with this, that probably 99% of the people who are um, who participate in in acting upon us these um, subversive laws that have been substituted for the real thing, um, that, that we should not, or it's not, I think you said should not, but anyway, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll couch it in those terms, not be interested in retribution against them. I don't have a problem with that. But what I do have a problem with, and this seems to be the issue, or, or a major issue that we confront at this time, is how do we, since they possess the guns, and we are approaching this we, from... Try not to use the word guns. Okay, since they, they possess the, the force... The, the political power? Well, yes, but the, but, but the problem is, as I see it, the political power is backed up by your force. And, and what so, happened in Egypt? I'm sorry? What just happened in Egypt? Who had the guns? And I see your point. As we're in an interim, it, it, apparently what happened in Egypt is the people, political will of the people overcame the powers in, in, in place who did have the so, force. So they will. It will at some point. Now, I had a good friend, and I'm interrupting you, I know, and people would mention things to him, but they got the guns. They have the police power, the policy enforcement uh, rules in their favor. And every time something happened like that, he would say to them, don't you see how you created that? The more, every time you, and, and this is the sad part of the system they have been put in place. When you disagree with what they do, you give them jurisdiction by their definition. I'm sorry, now, that, say that. that. When you disagree with what they do, you have granted them jurisdiction. This is a very heavy trip uh, to comprehend. If you have the right to self-government, so do they. Now, they don't exactly expose it and tell everybody about it, but they indirectly can say they're practicing their form of self-government for the people. After all, it created the most advanced and highest standard of liberty on the earth, and people did possess a great deal of freedom. It's only when you became cross when you discovered that there was something wrong with it. So when we are going to complain and tell them, you are not living your life right, you are doing things wrong, then we've not, you know, we're at the short end of the stick. We don't have the power. We don't have the numbers. So we must understand that if we want to preserve our right to be independent and free, we must not subject ourselves 
in that arena any more than we have to. So now, what we've never had was the means to extricate ourselves from the chase. We could extract, our, extract ourselves from the, the in the situation or the status. But if they came after you, it was an endless struggle. There was no common law court that we could go to because we were being damaged. The only thing we had were those commercial courts, which were defined the way we just read today, and we were in no way put in a position to have a remedy. Now, where we are, we have advanced to the place where we are putting in place actual remedies. And there's more and more people seeing that what was done back then was not the thing that they should have done. That there was a usurpation going on. So, the more we struggle over there, the more jurisdiction we give them. I did see uh, Sheriff Mack talking to a room full of people, and he identified, he says, now listen, I know you patriots are out there, and I know you have 50, no, he said probably not that many, maybe 15 conspiracy theories, and I've heard them all. But they don't give me a way to get a remedy for you. And the governor, James Wright, has studied it long enough that he has a very profound way of expressing it. He said, many patriots argue because even though they're free, you didn't do it their way. <laughs> Therefore, it's not right. And the, they were led to believe it was not right because the chase continued. Even if you did it right, it was ignored. And the chase continued. There was no place that you could turn for remedy. Now, we're well on the way. We have our National District Court. We have our judge in place. We are getting the documents ready. We know that we are essentially prepared when, when a sovereign is ready to take a path for a remedy that does not involve confronting them directly or having to go into their court. And I don't wish to punish them. I don't, we need to be taking the time to getting the freedom in, in Scott. We get uh, locked in place. Let's get cases decided where we have remedy that establishes that we are who we say we are and that we are free. Let's get cases that we can finish and go with the, with the power of the full judicial system to say the State Association of Sheriffs and, said, Sheriff, and say, Sheriff, here is a common law decision that has been made and there is a court that will you know, it backed this up.
Now we have the law enforcement issue. What if they don't abide by it? Because the chase always kept on going. But this time it's different. I'm not living out here in my little county by myself. We have not only Texas, we have Oklahoma, Kansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Colorado. We have judges, excuse me, our governors getting together on the phone discussing the events of the day and the situations that are occurring. When we have successes, we hear about those. When we have people who are continuing in the old way, we hear about those. So I, I'm trying to lead to a much more mellow and, let's say, Christian approach. So I, um, I, I don't want people to get the impression that they have no choice but to fight or confront them directly. It was always difficult. Now, I am totally convinced there are only four words that will protect you, and that's if they are lawful and do not act as outlaws when you go into one of their courts. If the four words are, I do not consent, well, why is that? Why are they the strongest words? Well, you're rejecting their offer. Remember, this is a commercial court. It's not common law. And when you sign your name, they accept that as the offer. So it's still, it's a little hard for them to, uh, if you stand up and say, I do not consent, you're going to surprise everybody. And the judge himself, mostly. So even though that is the correct response, to say, I'm not in a contract with you. And I don't consent to your offer here. I'm not accepting your offer to get a driver's license. Now, before we finish this course, we will get to the point where I will be able to speak with cryptic, quick code words that aren't code words, they're just specific things that enable us to address subject matter jurisdiction. And we'll begin to understand why I do not consent is the actual rejection of an offer. And you, now those of you who have not done the secured party paperwork are less, have to rely upon than the others. But in your, in your sovereign intent documents, you absolve all your contracts. Ab means got out of, dissolved, I'm out of them. And the idea is to not get back in them. We found that latches gives you a period of time, two to three years, to do whatever is necessary to get out of fraudulent contracts. 
Chaplain Raymond, could you briefly describe what latches are? <laughs> briefly. <laughs> briefly. Uh, latches is a. How many understand misprison of felonies? How about that one? Did you know it was the crime to know of a crime and not report it? That's called a misprison of felony. Now, if we know that what the government doing is fraudulent, there were people I knew in the past who would go report it to the district attorney <laughs> continually, daily. If something he knew of one, he'd report it anew. And the district attorney did not follow up on it. He had discretion, but it did protect him. It protected the patriot because he was doing his sit proper lawful thing. I'm reporting a crime. Now, if you know of a fraudulent contract that you are in and do not take the proper lawful steps to get out of it, you know, nothing vitiates fraud. The contract is void. It's not a big thing. If the fraud is, if the fraud is uh, admitted, either by actual vocal admission or, which is unlikely, or through acquiescence, granting them grace and having a chance to explain it and they all remain silent. If you don't do something like that when it's fraudulent, there is a point in time at which you can no longer you can no longer void the contract. That combination of events is latches. L-A-T-S. There will be a limited time in which to extract yourself from the fraudulent contract. Failure to do so is like you are remaining silent and accepting the acts that they're doing as if you would have willingly accepted them in the beginning. Okay. Now, I, is, is that enough? I'm sorry? L-A-C-H-E-S. It might be L-A-C-H. Leches or latches. Not leeches. <laughs> it's performed by leeches. I mean, no. I am not understanding the words. The leeches imposed upon. Yeah. <laughs> All can right. We, any other question? Any? Yeah. It was a chance for me to get on my soapbox. I apologize for taking up the question time, but it's imperative that we are putting in place remedies. And when there are remedies, the, the, you are wrong if you don't use them. We live by rule of law. 
I think there was another question. We can't hear you. We, we, we barely hear you. We, we're getting, if you're, you're talking about guns, you must wait till we get the, hello? Yeah. Is he still talking? I can't tell. No, I, we barely hear him. He was talking about driver's license and three years, and uh, that's all yeah. I could hear. Yeah, well, subject matter jurisdiction, defer all questions about all licenses until after. You have mastered subject matter jurisdiction. Okay. You will get the remedy. Great. Okay, do we have any other questions? I'll just make a quick comment. Oh, uh, there you are. I'm going to be testing. What'd you say? I'm going to be your test. Oh, the test case. All right. You're going to be our test case? Well, <laughs> possibly. I'm going, to spend, I'm going to have my documentation ready to go within a day or two. Um, you mean you're going to make a file a, you're going to file a cause with the National District Court? Absolutely. All right. Now, you've, you've given me basic outline of what to do, and I'm in the process of getting that all done. So, well, you don't want to wait till you hear the rest. Okay. Um, you know that you prepare the whole case, and you go before him, and you, you even have the, the decision or the judgment you want him to make already prepared, and then... If he agrees with your evidence, he will sign it. Okay, I don't have that many details. And it's, in, and it's a judgment. Okay. I don't have that many details. Yet. Perhaps I need to email you and get you to give me all the details. You verbally gave me some instructions last week of what to do, and I'm getting that together. Okay, okay. well, let's go ahead and wrap this up, um, and then I'll stop the recording. Does anybody else have any questions? Okay, well, thank you, Chaplain Raymond. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording for right now.